we mentioned earlier in the service about our students, middle school and high school students, our impact students, spending the week Panama City at Big Stuff Camp, and it was a phenomenal time. Here's a group shot of all the gang, and I know you can't pick out yours because they all look like ants on that picture, but they're there. All of them. And here's an even better picture. I'm showing this one. This is 34 students who publicly proclaimed their faith in Jesus Christ through baptism. Isn't that great? Awesome. They got baptized in the ocean. That is sweet. Actually, it's salty, but it's sweet. Right? Uh, and we've had the video of that, you know, viewed like 10,000 some odd times on our Facebook page. And so if you go to our Facebook, check it out. Uh, you will enjoy that. And by the way, speaking of impact, if you're looking for a place to volunteer, which if you're not volunteering, then you should be looking for a place to volunteer, let me recommend you think about and pray about volunteering in our impact student ministry. If you're looking for a place to volunteer that will not only change the lives of other people, but possibly change yours as well, then you ought to consider volunteering our impact student ministry. Because here at the summit, we don't see our students as the church of the future. They are the church today. And we love them, and we want to highly encourage you to make that investment into their lives. And parents, thank you so much for entrusting them to us. Awesome group of volunteers. You ought to join them. Okay, so let's get to it. I, um, I love questions. I love good questions. Good questions make you think. They challenge you. A good question can even change you. In fact, I believe you can tell a lot about somebody by the questions that they ask and even more so the questions that they're willing to answer about life and specifically about themselves. So what we're going to do is begin our time with a question and before we're done, we're going to end it with a question. So let's begin with a very simple, straightforward question. Here it is. Are you kind? And I know what you're thinking. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, at least I think so, right? I mean, that's what I would be thinking if I was sitting there, and I'm sure that's what many of you are thinking. I'm not trying to disprove you in any way. I'm just thinking that's our setting. Our setting is set on assuming that, yeah, absolutely, I, I'm a kind person, but let me just let you know, you may not be the best judge, of the answer to that question in your life. And I'm probably not the best judge to the answer to that question in my life. Now, I'm not talking about being nice. That's a totally different thing. See, being nice and being kind are not the same. Being nice is that surfacey gesture that's all about being polite and having good manners. And that's all great. It's all good. should be nice. You know, being nice is the opening the door for someone, you know, as they walk through before you or after you. Being nice is letting that person in front of you in the line of traffic, letting them cut in front and go, go ahead of you, and, and you get stuck in line a little bit longer. That's being nice. Being kind, though, comes from a deeper place. Being kind is a matter of the heart. And here's what's interesting. It's, I think it's clear that you can be kind, I mean, you can be nice to someone without loving them, but you can't be kind to them really without it coming from a place of love. 
See, you could be nice to someone. You can hold the door open for them. And you, don't, you don't have to know them, anything about them. That's just a nice gesture. And a lot of times we use these words interchangeably, but that's nice to do. And you don't have to have any type of relationship with them at all. I mean, you know, you're in traffic and the sign says merge ahead, merge ahead, merge ahead, and you're already stopped. You're already stopped. And the reason you're stopped is because of the people that won't merge until they get to the very end. And then they want you to stop and let, you say, I ain't stopping. I ain't letting them in. Well, I'm glad you're here. You came on the right day. See, you can do that without loving them. You can do that without it coming from a place of love. But kindness is actually an act of love. Which brings us to the other question, the question we've been asking all summer long in this series, and we're going to continue to ask this question because in this one another series, every week we're answering the question, what does love require of me? And today we answer this question with this. Love requires that we be kind to one another. Simple kindness. One of the most simple yet overlooked relational behaviors around. It's the doorway to take your relationships to a whole new level. It's the pathway of a deeper level of community. Kindness. Kindness is very challenging to define but it's easier to detect. And, and let me explain that. It's challenging to define because everybody has their own idea of what kind is. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, if you've been married for like more than three weeks, you figured that one out, right? What kind to one person it may not be the same definition that another person's definition of kind is, or maybe what is kind to one person is not kind to them, or maybe what's kind to them is a little over the top to them or unnecessary. So everybody's got their own definition. Everybody's got a different kindness meter, okay? Registers different. So it can be challenging to define. We'll get there. But even though it's challenging to define, it's pretty easy to detect because almost always you know when you've been on the receiving end of kindness, don't you? That you may not be able to fully explain it, but you almost always know when you've experienced it. Kindness, true kindness. And so what kindness says and what kindness communicates is this right here. It communicates, I value you. Now, I know that's not much of a definition, so I'm not trying to define it because it's challenging to define. You may have a different definition than I would have, and I would have a different definition than you. Kindness meters depend upon the person. But regardless of how you want to define it, what it communicates is that I value you. So I'm going to treat you with kindness. I'm going to behave in such a way to let you know how much I value God has so much to say to us in his word about what kindness is and what it is not, and specifically that we should care about being kind and that he has called us to kindness. And so we're going to take a few minutes here and we're going to read through some of the passages in the scriptures that make this so clear. But I got to let you know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian, again, as with each week in this one another series, this is not optional for you and me. 
This is required material, a required course, the course of kindness. You must take it, you must pass it, you must learn to choose to be kind. Isn't it interesting? We don't even really have a category in our minds. We have a hard time even processing the idea of an unkind Christian. It's kind of like a good cat. You see? See what I mean? It's like we don't even really have a category in our minds for someone who follows Jesus, the kindest person that has ever walked the face of the earth, someone who identifies with Jesus, who says they are a follower and an emulator of Jesus' way, and yet they are unkind. What? Yet that's what I have done, and that's what you have done, and that's what we're tempted to do if we're not careful. So Christians, we need to listen. And if you're not a Christian, I'll just tell you this. You don't have to believe in Jesus to understand kindness. You don't have to be a follower of Jesus. You don't have to believe in God. In order to be transformed by kindness and to learn how to be kind and value people in such a way that it transforms your relationship, but I'll tell you what you will discover is that if you want a perfect picture of kindness, if you really want to see what kindness looks like, then then you'll find that in Jesus. You'll never find a better example. In fact, let's start there. Let's start there. As Paul is writing in the first century to a church leader, a young church leader by the name of Titus, this is what he says. But God our Savior revealed his kindness. So God was kind to us in love when he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. So what we start with here is the kindness of God as seen through Jesus Christ. So if you want to get a good picture of what kindness is, just look to Jesus. God is kind to us through Jesus Christ. The perfect picture of kindness, the ultimate example of kindness, of valuing people, was when Jesus gave his life on a cross 2,000 years ago for my sins and your sins, and to forgive anyone who wants to receive that forgiveness, past, present, and future. Not because we earned it, not because we had it coming, not because we did anything to qualify for it, but because of his mercy and his love, he showed us kindness through Jesus Christ. You gotta start there. Because it doesn't get any better, as far as kindness goes, than Jesus Christ. But as followers of Jesus, we have been given an example to follow. And so Paul the Apostle is writing in the first century to a group of Christians in Ephesus, and he tells them, and we read this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to highlight something else, okay, because there's a lot here. To get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior, and instead, be kind to one another. Be kind to each other. Isn't it interesting that it's kindness that fights all that other crap? It it fights the anger and the rage and the bitterness and the harsh words and the slander. If you want to combat all that stuff, if you want an anecdote for all that stuff, just be kind to each other. In another place in the scriptures, he writes to a group of Christians in Colossae and says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, in other words, since you're God's people, since you identify with God, since you put yourselves in line with who God is and what God's all about, you must clothe yourselves with kindness. You must choose to be kind like you would choose to put on a shirt. Or you must Clothe yourself with kindness as you would 
choose to put on a pair of shoes. Clothe yourselves. Be intentional about choosing to communicate to the people around you, I value you. Kindness. Let's go to the Old Testament in the scriptures and hear the wisdom of King Solomon where God teaches us never let loyalty and kindness leave you. In other words, find a way to keep it front and center. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Kind of like put it on a necklace or something and write them deep within your heart. Tattoo them on your soul would be another way to kind of think about it. Kindness. Don't ever let it leave you. Keep it with you. Let's go back to the New Testament where Paul is writing to a group of Christians in Galatia where he gives us what we refer to now as the fruit of the Spirit, which really is, these are the characteristics that will be evident in your life and should be evident in my life and will be and can be evident in our lives when we allow the Spirit of God, who is within us as followers of Jesus, to do what he wants to do. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Here we go. There's a lot here. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So, so there's a lot there, but look, kindness is right there in the middle of all of it. Here's why this is so important. A lot of times we like to give our personalities as an excuse for not to do the things we should do. Well, I'm just not a kind person. I'm just not that kind of person. You don't get it. With me, I'm a tell it like it is kind of person. You get what you see, you see what you get, and it's just me. Take it or not, I'm just one of those kind of people. And we almost say that kind of stuff like we're bragging. Now, there are different personalities, and there are people that will find it more easy to be kind than others. But if you're a follower of Jesus, then you have the Spirit of God within you so regardless of what your personality type is, regardless of what your background is, regardless of what your bent is, you can be kind, you should be kind, and when you allow the Spirit of God to do what he wants to do in your life, you will be kind. It's a fruit, a product of the Spirit of God. It's not optional, and you and I don't get a pass on it. It's heavy, isn't it? Well, let me show you one more thing. In the famous chapter to the Corinthians, in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, which we call the love chapter because it's all about love, we find these words, that love is patient and kind. It's an act of love. It's so hard to do, isn't it? Kindness is challenging a lot of times because we just lack self-awareness. You know, we just don't know how we're coming across to other people. Now, we're very aware of the kindness of other people, right? And we're, I see that. I can see kindness in you, and I can see when it's not there. And I'll be happy to point it out, right? And, and vice versa. It's much easier and we're much quicker to see it in other people than we are to discover it and admit it and embrace it in our own lives. We lack self-awareness. So it's hard. We've got to become more self-aware. I'll help you with that before we're done. Another obstacle to kindness is the pace in which we live. We're in such a hurry. Rush, 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 rush. You know, it's very hard to be kind in a hurry. Think about it. It's very hard to be kind in a hurry. That's why when we're 
running behind, we most often, that's when we're most often rude to each other, right? Because gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta do it, gotta do it, I got time, I got time, I got time. It's hard to be kind in a hurry, so we ought to slow down. Hey, you know another obstacle to kindness? The hurt and the pain we have in our lives because of what they did to us, because of what they said to us, because of how they treat us and what they've done in the past. So I'm supposed to be kind to them even though they said and even though they did and even though they are, fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah, even them. Because if we were to keep reading in Ephesians 4, like we read just a second ago, get rid of anger and bitterness and rage and all these you know, slander and harsh words, instead be kind to each other. And if we kept reading, we would get to the next part that we saw two weeks ago, be kind to each other, forgiving one another. You see, it's an act of love that involves forgiveness. If you're gonna be kind to people, especially if you're gonna communicate value to people who have devalued you in the way they have treated you in the past, you're gonna have to get good at forgiving them. Or you won't be able to be kind, not truly kind. Beyond nice, I'm talking about kind. It involves forgiveness. And then our feelings get in the way, don't they? It's hard to be kind when you don't feel like freaking being kind, right? I don't feel it. And we want to be, you know, I, I want to live from a true place. You know, people say, I want to be authentic to who I really am. And if I don't feel it, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it unless I feel it. I don't want to show it unless it's coming from deep within. Well, here's the deal. You can be kinder than you feel. And you must be kinder than you feel if you're going to be kind. If you wait until the feelings come, you ain't going to be kind very often. So we must be kinder than we feel. It's a choice. We must decide to say, I value you. And here's the deal. This is not about agreeing with each other. This is not about being the same. Let me explain that because this is a misconception a lot of times people have. Just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean you're being unkind to them. You can disagree with someone and come up with a different conclusion and have a different opinion and a different idea and not be unkind. Now, the way in which you disagree with them should not be disagreeable, right? You can kindly disagree. So it's not about agreeing doesn't mean you always have to see eye to eye, doesn't mean you always have to be the same and think the same and conclude the same and do the same. It just means even though we're different and it's okay to be different, and to have different thoughts and different ideas and different conclusions and different opinions, we still value each other. And again, for some of us, that's easier than others. I remember um, as our girls were growing up, and we had two, we still have two daughters. Um, and so, you know, when they were growing up, and they're older now, and, and you know, it's, we're way past these years, thankfully. But I can remember as parents, I'm sure you can relate to this. I mean, it's just part of growing up. Kids fight. Kids argue. Now, we had daughters. So I know boys, it can get physical, blood. You know, with girls, I'm just telling you, it's verbal, dude. Verbal. And, man, you know, as all kids do, you know, they'd be at odds and they'd argue and they'd fight. And in the onslaught of words, you're like, wow. I would just listen to it sometimes. I'm like, I can't believe this. This is a pastor's family. I was just as surprised as you were. I had no idea. I was shocked. I'm like, look at us. Aren't we a sight? <laughs> we're normal. So it's interesting from, 
from time to time, actually not just from time to time, regularly during that period of time, my wife Donna would, would just drill into our daughters, you know, just be kind, just be kind, just be kind to each other. You don't have to get along. You don't have to agree. You don't have to see how to, you don't have to like the same thing. Just be kind, just be kind, just be kind, just be kind. And it was just like on repeat, just be kind. In fact, my wife, who's a very creative person and she makes all kinds of really cool stuff, she made a sign and she hung it in her house. You know what the sign said? Kindness. That's it. Just kindness. There's one big honking word. Kindness. Right? And I can remember her pointing to just kindness. Just, just be kind. Just, in fact, and my wife's not a very loud person, but from time to time, you know, things would just kind of get, you know, parents, you know how it gets. And the kids were like, are you kidding me? And I could hear Donna calling from another room, kindness! <laughs> kindness! It's hard, isn't it? It's challenging. To communicate to people that you say you love, I value you. Now, here, don't misunderstand. Kindness does not mean weakness. Kindness does not mean soft. Kindness, gentlemen, listen men, kindness is not a feminine thing. Kindness is about self-control. Kindness is about honoring each other, which we'll talk about that next week. And kindness is really about strength, inner strength. No matter what, to be able to choose to communicate to the other person, I value you. I value you more than things, tasks, or your performance. Now, I want you to think about your, your marriage, Okay. Or if you're dating in a serious relationship, I want you to think about that relationship. If you have kids, I want you to think about your kids. If you have a brother and sister, I want you to think about them. It says, I value you more than the things you break. Kindness says, I value you and I'm going to treat you in such a way that you know I value you more than the things you lose. Again. I value you more than the things you cost. It says, I value you outside of the tasks you accomplish. I value you regardless of your performance, whether or not we're getting along or not, whether or not I agree or not. Whether or not we've had a good day or not, I value you. And that's where it's hard, right? That's where we need God's help. Thank God it's a product of the work of the Holy Spirit because that's what it takes often to be kind, to value people. You need some Jesus up in here to help us do this right. It says, I value you more than... Things, tasks, performance, just because. Just because of who you are. No strings attached. We'll come back to this next week. It says, I value you, so I'm going to go out of my way just because to let you know how much I value you. I will inconvenience myself and I will put you before me. We're back to that submit to one another thing we talked about a few weeks ago to let you know how much I value you. 
because you're you, not because of what you do. Now, everybody take a deep breath. That's a lot. And, and, and what really gets hard here is that we, different, we have different meters. We have different kindness meters. Let me come back to that. We have different ways where we, how we understand value and how we communicate value in different ways to understand kindness and, and receive kindness. And what's valuable to you may not be valuable to another person. And what's kind to you may not be kind to them and vice versa. So what do you do when you're trying to be kind to someone who has a different idea of what that's all about than you do? Well, my wife Donna and I got married almost 23 years ago now. We could not have been coming from two more opposite contexts that shapes how we understood kindness. My wife Donna came from a very nurturing, loving family. I mean, they would make the Brady Bunch look like the Bundys. <clears throat> Think about that. All right. I mean, they, they were very loving and nurturing, an awesome, incredible family environment to grow up in. Me, on the other hand, um, even though I have like the most awesome mom in the world, um, the environment surrounding me and us was one of survival uh, because of a bunch of different things. Um, and so to me, you know, getting to the end of the day, still being able to suck oxygen, I made it, was a good thing. So, and, and I know we, we laugh at kind of that kind of stuff, but you know, and I was being serious. I'm being serious too. It, it wasn't a good environment to grow up in. So here we go, get married. I do, I do. Dun, 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 dun. Here we go. So about 27 minutes in, <laughs> Donna communicates to me that was unkind. So I let her know she was wrong. No, that wasn't unkind. Let me tell you what unkind is. When someone punches you in the face, that's unkind. You, you see what I'm saying? And so we have spent the last 23 years, well, let me say I have spent the last 23 years recalibrating to her kindness and understanding what kindness really is. Recalibrating to each other's understanding of value and worth and how you receive that and how you understand that and how you communicate that. So let me just put it to you like this. What I'm learning is that this valuing each other, this kindest thing is about both showing it and receiving it. Both are very important. So let's talk about the showing real, real quick here. Good intentions are good, but they only get you so far when it comes to being kind or any really behavior in relationships. It's great to have great intentions, but if that's all they are, that's not all that great. And so when you intend to be kind, that's good, but it's better to show kindness. The showing is so much more important and so much more valuable than the intending to show it. So if you intend to be kind, then be kind. I mean, how many times, you know, in, in my marriage and guys, maybe you can relate to me and I'd say, well, that's not what I meant to say. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, that's not what I meant. So my wife will lovingly say, well, why don't you say what you mean? Because that's not what it was, you know. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Why don't you preach this weekend? Because I suck, <laughs> you know. Whoa, that's tough. But she's right. So showing it's very important, right? But here's something even more important, I believe, and I'm learning. And it's learning the hard way. But learning is that the receiving is actually more important than the showing. 
Because here, here, here's where I'm going with this. If kindness is all about showing value to someone, then if they don't see value, feel value, or interpret or receive value, then you haven't valued them. Make sense? Yeah, but I meant to. Okay, but that's just an intention. If it hasn't landed and been received as value adding or enriching, and if my intentions to be kind to her or my daughters or you or anyone else, and your receiving is not, you know, you didn't receive that as kind, then I, I didn't accomplish what I was intending to do. So receiving is so very important. Let me sum it up like this. Listen very carefully. I wrote this down so I made sure I get it right. You need to know, and I need to know, how the people we love interpret and receive value. You need to know how they interpret it, how they receive it, and then communicate it accordingly. It's important to show it, but even more important, how it's received. Because see, what they get is more important than what you meant. See, that's, isn't that challenging? Thank the Lord, it's a work of the Spirit. Because I need Jesus, and you need Jesus, and we need the work of God's Spirit within us to help us get this right. So I told you we began with a question are you kind? Let's end with a question. I want to give you a question that I think will help you because it helps me. And this is a gut puncher. I'm just going to let you know. This is a biggie. A question that will help us take things to the next level when it comes to communicating value in ways that they understand and receive and can, and can relate to. Because we're all different. We all have different definitions. So we learn each other and value each other accordingly. That's the beauty of it. Here's a question that will help you. It's a question that's helping me. And here it is. Ask yourself, what's it like to be on the other side of me? What's it like to be on the other side of me? In fact, some of you already have your phones out because you're texting your unkind friends that they need to watch this later this week. But if you don't have your phones out, take your phones out and take a picture of this. Because you need this reminder this week. This has been kicking my tail for the last couple of weeks. What's it like to be on the other side of me? Here's why this is so important. Number one, you don't know the answer to this question. Unless you're taking some specifically designed medication, you don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> You've never been on the other side of you. You don't know what it's like to get what you're dishing out. You don't know what it's like to hear what you say, the way you say it. You don't know what it's like to be on the other side of you. You think you do. I think I do. But here's the power of this. This allows you and I to use the other people in our lives as the filter and not ourselves as the filter. See, it puts them before us. What's it like to be on the other side of me? This allows me to think through the filter of their feelings, not just my own. Their hopes and dreams, not just my own. Their value and not just my own. You say, well, what about me? What about me? What about me? Well, see, this one another series is not just about you and me. We usually find a way to take care of ourselves. The reason we're doing this one another series is that we got to think about each other. We got to think about how we treat each other. And so, when you answer the question, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Or more specifically, when you ask them to help you answer this question, 
then it helps you to see things through their eyes and to be able to communicate value. Because if they haven't received value, you haven't shown value. Mm. So this is how this goes. You ask the question, and you close your mouth, and you listen, and you take notes, and you make changes. And I know you're going to be tempted to do what I would do. What's it like to be on the other side of me? And the first answer you get, like, no, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Right, you want to defend and you want to change and you want to adjust. No, see, that's just because you, and that's just because you were drinking. No, that's just because you were raised this way, or that's just because, you know, whatever. We want to qualify it and change it. No, just ask the question, wrestle with the question. You want to take your marriage to the next level? This will help. Hey, parents, listen. You want to be the best dad you can be, the best mom you can be? I mean, the best parent you could be? Ask this, you might want to rephrase it. You don't have to ask it just like this. Ask that to your kids. I'm not saying that you're always going to like what you hear. In fact, a lot of times we're not going to like what we hear. But this is about being kind to each other. This is about an act of love to each other. This is what Love. This is the kind of stuff that love requires of us. And you and I have been recipients already of the greatest kindness the world has ever seen through Jesus Christ. And we have his spirit at work within us. So there's no reason why we can't get better at this and start figuring this one out. Why should we? Because it's what love requires. It's to say, I value you through the way I treat you with kindness and the way we treat each other. So I want you to think about the person. Let's go ahead and get their picture in your mind. The person that is the most challenging for you to be kind to. Or maybe it's a group of people. I don't know. Or maybe you just go ahead and just turn around and look at them. <laughs> if you're married, I mean, I can. Don't you look at me. See? I want you to think of them and ask God to help you. And then let Him. And let me pray for you. Oh, Father, thank you so much for being honest with us. Lord, I need this. And I know as a follower of Jesus, I have your spirit within me. So I can choose kindness over feeling, over opinion, over fact. I can choose kindness. Help me and help us together. Lord, in a whole nother way of looking at it, there is a community surrounding this church that is looking to us and may we even ask the question as a church what it's like to be on the other side of us so that we can value the people maybe that don't believe what we believe or think how we think and live like we live kindness overrides all of that and that kind of kindness you showed us through Jesus Christ and has changed us forever and may we take that example and show it to each other and simply value people. 
And help us to start with that person that seems to be just the most challenging person. Not because of anything they've done, maybe. Just because of our own selfishness. Help us to start there. Help us to start at home. Help us to start with the people that are closest to us, that we say we love the most, and then go from there. In Jesus' name, amen.